Hello and welcome back to Unfuck Your Life. This is episode two. Um, so thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Um, and I'm going to delve right into our next topic, um, which is contentment and happiness. So two terms that are used interchangeably in a lot of ways, um, but actually have slightly different definitions according to who you are, I suppose. When it comes to defining any sort of concept like this, and whenever I talk about these sorts of concepts, I'll always put out the disclaimer there that there are various definitions for every concept and various beliefs that different people hold about these concepts. So when I talk about them, I'll define them first of all um, and sort of go through what, what is meant by that. So we can acknowledge that terms that are used like this are used subjectively. For example, two people with exactly the same stats in life, such as a house, car, family, good health, good salary, might actually judge their lives very differently. So it's worth noting that people's definitions of all concepts differ at least slightly enough so that no two people will 100% match. Um, so it's the same for happiness. They might have similar features or markers in their life. That doesn't mean that they deem those markers to be positive necessarily or negative necessarily. Um, so these concepts are very subjective in that way. Same with success, for example. If someone is deemed successful, is it based on money, time freedom, how many holidays they have per year, how many employees they've got, a general feeling of having reached a particular milestone. For some people, success is judged in relation to others rather than themselves. So first, we could look at definitions of happiness in order to work out potential barriers or blockers and also ways to bring about more happiness in our lives. For example, Paul Dolan, the author of Happiness by Design, talks about the pleasure purpose principle, which is essentially the idea that happiness is experiences of both pleasure and purpose over a period of time. This is quite a useful definition um, and a concept that's attached to a definition of happiness because actually a lot of the times when people ask us if we're happy, um, we might think, you know, am I enjoying an experience? But that doesn't denote happiness. You might be doing something that actually you are happy about, but you don't find enjoyable. So there's no pleasure from it. Um, but you feel that there's a purpose behind that task and there is meaning within that task. And so you actually do feel a sense of happiness. So firstly, I'd like you to look at your own definition of happiness. Because when people ask if you're happy or how happy you are, Essentially, you're being asked to judge your current circumstances by the criteria you set in your definition, as in, to what extent does your current reality live up to your definition of happiness? A sober and thought for many. And that's partly due to the fact that a lot of people have extremely high expectations of and for happiness, almost unachievable actually. We really do love misery, don't we? <laughs> um, because we set such unreal expectations sometimes for ourselves and for the people around us in relation to happiness that, of course, we're not ever going to be able to fucking achieve them. I mean, we're inadvertently signing ourselves up for pure misery. Lush. <laughs> um, why? Lots of reasons. One of which is the representations of happiness that we've been served since we were born. And I call this movie happiness. Because if you think about it, 
We see characters in films having sex to epic soundtracks while being fed chocolate and strawberries atop a Swiss mountain before flying off into the sunset on a rainbow unicorn. So basically, we're harder to please than restaurant critics because every example of happiness we've consumed is pure mint. It's the, the perfect version. It's the best. It's ecstatic happiness. It's over the moon, overjoyed. It's not base level happiness. It's um, It's extreme. And this ideal is then perpetuated by consumerism, advertising, and something called status anxiety, which is a like a phrase that Alan de Botton coined, which put simply is the concept that we're always comparing ourselves and, and our lives to those of other people. So you might have heard the phrase, comparison is the thief of joy. Well, yes and no, because comparison actually helps us dream, believe, and therefore strive for a better life for ourselves. And also, comparing to previous versions of us of ourselves helps keep us accountable and it promotes a growth mindset, something that Carol Dweck came up with. And this is the idea that things can change and we've got a part to play in it rather than being victims of the universe and just bend into its will. And that's great. So actually, comparison can be a useful thing because it keeps us on our toes. It means that we're not getting complacent about our lives and becoming apathetic. But if all we do is compare our lives to the lives of others or future potential lives of ourselves, rather than believing in our own capabilities and, and what we can achieve. So if we only compare without actually seeing them as being a real possibility for us too, we end up dwelling on things and then we can sink into a depressive state, a not good enough state where essentially nothing but perfect will do. So a lot of us have, have come across this in our lives at some point. The way around this, practice and gratitude. And wait, don't like, don't go anywhere because I know a lot of people at this point will think, oh God, I'm not doing that. Gratitude doesn't have to be cringy or embarrassing. Much like with everything else, it can be adapted to suit you, your lifestyle and your comfort levels. So you don't have to scream, thank you, oh wise and wonderful universe at the top of your lungs while riding through fields of wheat and an eco-friendly tractor while sipping on chamomile tea from a cup made from recycled thank you cards. Simply acknowledging where you're at in life currently and what you have, accepting it and realising you're actually lucky as fuck to be here because not everyone gets to be is a really good place to start. So being thankful for what you have rather than being for jealous, jealous for what you don't have already. And no, that doesn't diminish your pain or suffering because a lot of people will say, well, yeah, that's all very well and good, but actually I don't feel like I've got a lot to be grateful for right now. But it does help you realise that your life isn't all bad. So even in really shitty circumstances, for example, there was interviews done with people who were in concentration camps during World War II. And their outlook on life was extremely refreshing and makes a lot of us in current circumstances in the modern day society seem really ungrateful for what we actually do have, which is a life and a family and for the most part health um, and the support levels that we have in our community. The fact that we aren't persecuted on a daily basis. Um, those individuals that were interviewed talked about the simplicities of the things they were grateful for within that concentration camp. So even in the most dire of circumstances where quite literally people around them would die in every single day, 
in the worst kinds of trauma, pain and suffering, they still found things to grab on to, to make them feel grateful for life. And I don't think a lot of us in this society currently, especially people who are listening to this podcast and have the ability to listen to any podcast, people who have technology available to them, I don't think anyone can say that they're currently in such dire circumstances as those individuals. And even if you are, take them as an example and use them as an admirable tool for creating your own gratitude in your own life. This is something a lot of people struggle to move beyond. The idea that because things aren't currently perfect in their lives, they can't be grateful for anything. And this is where I'd like to challenge you to create a definition of what true happiness is to you. Some people say contentment is just being at peace with where you are. Some people say happiness could be seen as the more overtly positive state of being than contentment. So contentment is sort of acceptance and just being all right with something, being on a level playing field, um, being at ease with your current scenario, your reality. Happiness could be seen as the more, you know, over the top or um, explicit version of um, positive emotions. Either way, your own happiness is limited by your own definition of it. Once you've got your own definition for what you believe happiness to be, you can start assessing your own life by that definition, by those criteria. And if you think back to last week's episode, which was about perceptions and perspectives and having an internal world, the sort of reality that we create for ourselves that isn't actually the reality for everyone else, then you'll start to see that your happiness isn't only limited by your definition of what you believe happiness to be, but it's also limited by your belief of what your reality is. When you realise those two things, you start to see quite clearly that your happiness and how, you know, to the, the extent to which you feel happiness on a daily basis is actually very heavily controlled by you rather than the external world. And it's likely that a lot of people don't want to hear that because we live in an environment and a society and an age in life where we've found it a little bit too easy to blame other people and external circumstances for our misery and suffering. And that's not to take away from the fact that there are difficult things in life. There are awful moments. There are things that happen to us that we can't control. But it is bringing back to us the acknowledgement that actually there's something we can do about our mental state. There's something we can do about our reactions to those events, to those things that aren't necessarily wonderful and actually in some circumstances are atrocious. Now, happiness and this concept that we've talked about today is something that I'm doing as a whistle-stop tour right now just so that we can delve into the topic a little bit. But actually, I'm going to be talking about it in relation to so many things over the coming weeks, months, years. Um, we'll be talking about it in relation to work, family, sex, um, health, your mental health in general. Um, we'll be talking about it in relation to history, geography. But right now, I just wanted to, to cover it as a topic because I understood that a lot of people had reached out and asked questions about what does happiness mean to me? How can they find happiness? And first of all, I think the most important thing is that everyone who listens to this 
understands in their own minds what they believe happiness to be. Because only then can you actually go searching for it. I'd love to hear what you believe happiness to be and how you found it in your life or how you've struggled to. So any responses to that or any questions you've got or suggestions for future topics that we can cover and things we can discuss. Just email me at sammy, which is S-A-M-I, at unfuckyourlife.uk. You can also find me on Instagram at Sammy Sunflowers Crowns, and I'll always reply to direct messages there too. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Bye for now.